You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Welcome to the journey where we are going to talk about a lifestyle with dogs and throw in a few life lessons along the way. Whether you're a hound hunter, a bird dog enthusiast running setters, pointers, retrievers, or a flat out running dog junkie, this podcast is for you. I am your host, Heath Hyatt, a certified law enforcement canine trainer with over three decades of personal and professional training and handling experience. It's time for me to pay it forward. So grab your leads, lace up those boots, and come and join me on this lifelong process of teaching, training, and learning called The Journey. Do you like to be outdoors like I do? Hunting, fishing, hiking? If so, Onyx is the app for you. I've been a loyal Onyx user since 2013. It's the one app I can honestly say I use daily. While hunting, I know where I'm at at all times. I mark trails, feeding, bedding areas, and the list goes on. When I'm traveling, I use it to pre-scout all the new places that I'm blessed to hunt. While out west hiking Yellowstone, I knew exactly where every trail went and the difficulty of each one. And here's a secret. I even use it to mark my favorite fishing spots. It's been a game changer at work. I've used it numerous times to get in touch with property owners. I even landed MedFlight one time in the middle of nowhere using the GPS coordinates. Onyx has so many great features and tools, you can literally use it for everything. It is by far the best mapping app on the market. And hey, it's Houndsman XP approved. So get started with Onyx today using HXP20 and know where you stand. Well, man, we'll just get right into it. Um, Heck yeah. So, I, like I said, I know you're busy, and I know I have been bugging you today. Oh, we're good. I, got, I, got, I apologize. It's just like I say. Oh, so thank you for being patient with me. <laughs> no, I, no. Like I said, I think this is um, um, this good. So, like I said, I'm, you know, the last time you and I talked, we talked about OnX, and, like, I mean, it just reiterates that I am – I use it daily, like, yeah. I mean, daily, daily in my personal life, professional life. It don't matter. I've got that app open at all times. That's awesome. Yeah. So we'll just get started. So you guys know that um, Houndsman XP is a big proponent of of OnX. Um, I have been using OnX since 2013. Um, OnX come out in 2009. And it was actually the first card that I put into my handheld, my Alpha 100, back in 13 or 14. That was the map that I put in so I could see an overview on my Garmin. So, yeah, I've been using it a long time. So today, we have got one of Onyx's only on here with us. Um, Ben Bredinging. I think I said that right, right? Close enough, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Breddingen, 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 yeah. yeah. It's a tough one. It's a mouthful. <laughs> so Ben, just give us a little rundown about who you are, what you do, and we'll kind of get into sure. this thing. Yeah. So, um, like you said, I, I I work for Onyx, and kind of my role within the company is I focus primarily on everything that pertains to birds and dogs. So, two things that I really like. So whether uh, upland, waterfall, and then sporting dogs kind of across the board um, is, is kind of my role. A lot of marketing, working with, uh, you know, podcasts such as yours, um, conservation organizations, Delta, Ducks Unlimited, Pheasants Forever, as well as just kind of representing our c- customers within the app. So making sure that they have the tools uh, that they need to be successful in their pursuit of this XYZ species. So um, that's kind of my role in a nutshell, which uh, 
I can't say I, I I absolutely love it. So it's it's a it's a great job. I get to uh, get out this time of year and hunt a fair amount. So no complaints coming from me. I'd say not. Like I said, I'm I'm always looking for a retirement gig. <laughs> me four, too. Four years and ten months, and I'm busting yeah. this popsicle stand wide open. Like, see, I bet we could switch jobs, and you'd be way better at mine than I'd be at yours. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, Ben, I know you're an avid bird hunter. Uh, like I said, I can see the the stuff in the background, the guns, the tail fans. Just tell us a little bit of, of, of your, um, I guess that would be a passion for you. And and I know you and I have talked a little bit about dogs before. So tell us about your, your hunting background. And then let's get into the dogs. What, what kind of dogs you have, how you got in your love of dogs, and kind of run down that route. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, my, you know, my, I guess my story is pretty, pretty typical for, um, at least it's, it was, it's was more typical than it is now in terms of how I got into hunting. My grandpa, dad, kind of everyone hunted. It was just a, a culture that I was brought up in. So, um, I didn't know any differently. It was just something you, you did. So, um, but I had a, I had a, I guess, a a tendency to overdo it. I love to hunt. Like uh, I had a younger brother and he kind of took to it. But for me at a young age, it was like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. So, uh, naturally I just kind of, um, I just kind of followed that throughout my whole career. So, uh, it's something I've always loved to do. And, um, we got a first dog when I was six years, um, kind of, it was one of my, I think by actually my dad's first bird dog, as well it was a german short hair pointer mm. and he was a just a hell of a bird dog he was a terrible canine citizen but <laughs> an awesome bird dog he was just a typical short hair just a menace to society ripping yeah. off siding just so much energy that shit crazy <laughs> yeah um but man it, for in terms of a bird dog he was great so as a as a six-year-old kid i jump on my bike I had a, I had a, a old gun stock my dad took off. I don't know where he got it from, but like some Soviet era SKS or something like that and had the wooden stock. And then I did tape conduit barrels to make a shotgun and uh, a makeshift shotgun and, and go take the dog on my bike. And at the time we had ample pheasant cover within a bike ride from my house. So I'd go out and we'd go find birds and, and that's kind of how it started. So um, and as it's progressed now, I have, personally, I have five dogs right now, um, between I've got some, some versatile dogs. I've got two Deutsch Drothars, um, which I've ran through the whole, uh, JGHV testing system. And now I've kind of moved on to, uh, I still have the draughts, but I have an English pointer, a setter, and then also a, a Catahoula as well. And she's now that Catahoula, she's 14 years old. So she's old, but um, pretty much all, all bird dogs at this point. So did, what did, what are you, what did you use the Catahoula for? Um, so she was uh, nothing really. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, she, she did a little bit of hunting, but she was my wife's dog. So. It's funny because one of the first uh, dogs that I actually hunted, um, I had went to um, plot days down in York, South Carolina, and this guy had a litter of pups. And of course, I was green, had been in it maybe a year and a half, two years maybe, and I ended up buying a half plot, half uh, Catahoula. And of course, mine took more after the Catahoula part. Um, he was really sure. gamey. Um, if he could get his mouth on something, he was going to do that, but... As far as the the other part of it, um, mediocre at best. But yeah, yeah. so I, I've had a Catahoula mix in, in some of the stuff that I hunt. Oh man, that's something that I know if I would get into, it would just be like I've got a very addictive personality <laughs> where it's like, and I don't, it's not like one foot in type deal. It's like if I'm going to do it, like nobody needs five bird dogs necessarily, but here I am. So, what would that now i'd have like if i got into that side i'd have like 15 coonhounds 
Well, I'm knocking on um, 14, and I keep telling myself, I don't like to have that many dogs. I, I've i got 14, and I've got four puppies. So I've got 18 total, if you count the puppies. Mm-hmm. And I literally need to downsize. And every day that I, I look at my, my dog, you know, pens, I'm like, but man, like that young dog is doing so good, and that young dog is doing so good, and... So if I sell two of my dogs and something will happen to another one, and then I'm going to need them dogs back, and I just keep running in this circle. I'm like, oh, I don't, you know. I'm put my <laughs> fingers in my ears because it's like, oh, well, this is a great opportunity to get yeah the coon hounds or whatever. So when you were so when y'all hunted before the dog, what got you? What what led you to the to the GSP and down the bird dog route? Was it because of the cover and stuff that you had, the opportunities or? Yeah. So we, you know, we had done a, a lot of, uh, growing up, did a lot of pheasant hunting. Um, there was ample opportunity to hunt pheasants all around where I am, which is, uh, in Minnesota. I'm just outside of the twin cities, kind of mm-hmm. on the suburbs, rural boundary, a lot of pheasant opportunity for pheasants and a short hair is just a great all around pheasant dog there. Um, got a great nose as well as, um, they're, they're, the tendency to work a little bit tighter than say a pointer or a setter is there. Mm-hmm. So they, they just make for absolutely fantastic pheasant dogs, grouse dogs. Um, so that's kind of, and that's just, it's probably the, I think it is, I don't know. I think it is one of the most popular. It is one of the most popular bird dogs. It might even be, I can't remember. It's right up there with a the lab now for sure. If you're talking pointing dogs, mm-hmm. it's the most popular. Um, but then when I got in, when I went to Drodhars in lieu of setter or in lieu of short hairs, um, you know, the, the Drodhars are just, they, they keep a little bit of that um, original line in terms of being able to be serviceable on fur and that kind of thing, which is a whole, whole different game. But um, they, they're what I consider a more truly versatile dog, whether it's fur, feathers, um blood tracking all of that um that's kind of why why i got into it when i lived in mississippi at the time i did a lot of waterfalling a lot of deer hunting uh as well as would come up and and hunt birds in the midwest so uh it just fit the bill it's not that dog is not great at any one thing but it's it's good at just about everything yeah so you know i run a i run a canine training group we've got i've got 16 dogs that i oversee and in the last, mm, well, the last five years for sure. So I've got some four-year-old dogs, but seven of the dogs in my sixteen are pointers. I'm running. We're pointer, running. Pointer. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. So you know, in the police world, we went to the the kinder, gentler, you know, appearance, mm-hmm. and a lot yeah. of a lot of the agencies, you know, they they're trying to stay away from the the pointy-eared dogs because of appearance. But you know, every time they a new dog company, you know, they want me to go help them find a dog. I'm like, you know, you're really limiting yourself when you're saying I only want a floppy eared dog, which is a lab or a pointer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's tough and it, it is what it is. And I'm seeing too that, um, you know, I've interviewed Jason Carter who does NAVDA, um, Jeremy mm-hmm. Moore. I think, you know, Jeremy, yep, I know Jeremy, uh, um, Tyler Smith, and, you know, went over to the lab world and I've, you know, I've interviewed, um, Jen Romquest. He works for Drake. Yeah, outdoors. Well, Drake now. Yeah. 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 So I've interviewed a lot of the, the bird retrieving and pointing dog guys. And I, I've learned a lot to help me train my guys better. But one of the things where we've made a mistake and moving forward, we will not do this is I do not like the, the pointers that we have in our group that are out of the competition bloodline yeah. hard head up hard head up um yeah well, that's what they're bred to do right they're yes. bred to be yeah they're not they're not a track they don't have a tracking bone. Yep. they shouldn't have a tracking bone in their body it should be a true scent dog head up that's how we want them to run and they do and when we go into tracking and because we use them for detection work and tracking new handlers they struggle so much trying to read their behavior because they're constantly in the air and they'll mm-hmm. chase odor to the fringe and when they hit that fringe then they'll work themselves back into odor and then they'll chase themselves back out of odor to the fringes and 
for new handlers, that's really, really hard for them to understand because they don't know the bloodline. They've never hunted behind that dog or seen it in mm-hmm. action. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. And we've got a couple of pointers that it, it, the way Jason explained it to me, I've got two, um, bigger pointers. I mean, they're the 60, 70 pounds. One of them's a wire haired. Um, the other one's just a normal, but so those, when you're saying pointers, you're saying pointers as a group, not like the, the, the breed pointer, like an English pointer. Correct. No, they're, they're GSPs. Okay. GSPs. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Um, okay. but the two, the two that are tracking machines operate completely different. Like they're nowhere near what the, the other dogs and the other dogs are a little bit smaller, more hyper jacked up, like kind of what you're saying, um, compared yeah. to the other two. And I really like, as far as detection goes, there's no difference. Um, the two bigger dogs work a little slower and methodical. The smaller dogs are like rats on acid man they're pop, 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 they're gone they're searching the car like you know they they yeah. but as far as detection work there's no big difference but in the tracking world it's a huge difference so what you're saying is oh, completely a hundred percent yeah even like because i i did a, a lot with uh, like i mentioned with like the jghv testing system i don't know mm-hmm. if you're familiar mm-hmm. at all with but yeah like when you look at uh the last test of the of that system is, is called the VGP, which is like 30 some subjects in rapid succession. So they could go from, you know, doing a, uh, they call it search behind the live duck where they're swimming, they're tracking this duck. Mm-hmm. They have to be, I mean, you pretty much want to give them a, like a bump of cocaine or something before they start just so they're amped up. And then they could go into, uh, an 800 or a 400 meter blood track, which is, that is a totally, you want that dog. I mean, probably similar to, to what you're doing, Heath, mm-hmm. is like you want them focused. You want a nice, calm, sound mind um, and focusing on that track. So, um, yeah, like a lot of those 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 versatile dogs, um, they have that off on-off switch mm-hmm. where I can't even get my English pointer, my pointer to like, like, dude, we're trying to find a dead bird over here. And he's just like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> we'll find more birds. Like, with it, I don't care about this. We got to go uh, find more birds. Like, one track mine. So, yeah. yeah, I can see how that that could pose problems for what you're trying to do. Yeah. But you're talking about the um, the draughts on the – Yes. Yep. 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 Um, Chad Reynolds is another one of our team members, and that's what Chad runs. He's got some draughts, and that's he does the same, the same testing mm-hmm. you're doing. Yep. Sure. Yeah. So good. Um, dogs are, you know, they're a part of our life. I mean, like I said, I, I taught a class, um, last week and, you know, I get a lot of questions and, you know, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle for me and I can tell, but just talking to you, it's the same thing with you. I mean, I, I don't know what I'd do without a dog. Like, you know, I'd probably go crazy. Well, you, you, so I always tell people that, I honestly might not, not truly, but I'd probably be retired and have a, and have a lot more money, but I don't know what else I'd do with myself. Like mm-hmm. you just, get, oh, you get it. They, it's just your life. Like it's not a, it's not a rifle or a bow or a shotgun where you can set it up on the mm-hmm. shelf at the end of the day and be like, no, no, I'm fishing full time. It's like, no, it's, it, it takes your life, especially, you know, and granted, I don't have that many, but with five or 15 dogs, like, there's always something you need to be working on. A dog sitting idle is regressing. Mm-hmm. You're not advancing. So, yeah, it yeah. is 100% a lifestyle. And I, I tell, I just catch up on that and then we'll move into the next stuff because we can yeah. talk dogs all day. But yeah. I tell my, the new, the agencies that come to me for, um, to put on schools for their dogs, you know, I put on detection, tracking, or apprehension explosives, whatever they need. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they're like, well, so we do maintenance training. So it's like we do 16 hours a month. So every other Monday, we, you know, we, we train as a group. And a lot of the agencies that are short-staffed and stuff's like, well, well, does he really need to train that much? And I'm like, would, you know, would you allow your kids to play football, basketball, baseball, volleyball if they didn't practice? Like, that's the same thing. If, if mm-hmm. you just get the dog certified up and running – and then you put him in a kennel or you put him in a car and drive him around for a month or two, that dog's not where he needs to be. No. 
Um, so I try to explain that in the exact same terms you're, you're saying that, you know, an idle dog is stale and they're not at the top of their game. And it's the same thing with hunting. Um, you know, you talk, so I've got a litter of pups right now that are 12 and a half weeks old. And, you know, every morning when they come out of their pen, they have to track to their food. I'm teaching them how to trail. So I want them to use their nose to follow scent. That's it. I, I'm not trying to accomplish, beat the world down, but this morning, uh, I laid a track at 10 o'clock yesterday, last night before I went to bed. And this morning I brought them out. It was seven. So it was, it was a little over eight hours and those 12, those 12 and a half week old pups, um, they found their food. <laughs> they were able to use their nose and I posted it on my story this morning. Like, you know, I didn't tell people how old the track was, but you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm constantly giving them some little exercise or something to do to, to work their brains. And that's the biggest thing. Yeah. hundred percent is, is like physical, like there's, yeah, you got to work that out, but it's those little things that make a big difference. Like I, most people can't go out and, and whether it's hunt or, every single day right like that's just not feasible but um i've been i've been getting into a lot recently of um it's a it's kind of a whole training method but um really more so it's it's everything that you do in the yard is going to manifest itself Mm -hmm. into the field right so Mm -hmm. like like for us a big thing is handling right Mm -hmm. like as a bird dog guy so it's it, handling and, and standing still really. So like we built these, like it's a pretty much an agility course and you're running through these dogs on a lead and everything a dog does wrong in the yard is going to manifest itself in the field. So whether it's, you're going through weave poles and these, these slight uh, you're giving slight, essentially point of contact with a, like a command lead or a wonder lead. And you're, you're trying to get that, that, very very light touch and they're supposed to go through weave pulls or going up on top of obstacles crossing planks and and whether it's they lack confidence or they're unsure all that stuff in the yard is going to manifest itself in the field whether that's the dog isn't handling well if he's not going to handle on the course he's not going to handle when you let him go 200 yards away so um i, I put a lot of stock into that like yeah, I, I don't have time. I've got a, a young child and a family and and a job. So it's like I can't be out training all the time. But just to even get them out and that little mental stimulation every single day, like you were saying, it, it cannot be uh, overstated. So, Yeah, I've, I've said it before. Five minutes a day works wonders. And five minutes is during the feeding time. Like I can use that feeding time to – teach the dog patience like what you're doing i've got these pups like um when i when i don't do a track or i'm not trying to teach them to load or lead or whatever um, they have to be patient they have to sit quietly and make eye contact with me which is kind of my my canine stuff coming out and once i see that they're paying attention to me then i lower the food down when the food sets they can maintain eye contact and then i'm like yes and then you can go eat um so yeah five minutes five minutes a day that's all it takes The, the best quote I've heard, and I can't remember if it was a Rick Smith quote or whatnot, but uh, the dog, a dog is always learning something regardless if you're teaching it or not. That's right. That's exactly right. He is going to yeah. self-satisfy himself. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. All right, Ben, let's get into some on X. Um, For sure. Like, I, I mean, I um, on my advertisement, I say it, you know, I literally have this app open daily. Um and I've used it so much that it, it's kind of, um, I forget about it. Like, I don't mean forget about it. Like, I'm, I've got it open so much that I don't even realize I'm doing it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you guys have kicked out some some new stuff. want to touch on that. Well, we want to touch on the overlay of the, the food sources. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I'm going to tell you guys a couple stories from my work that I've actually used on X and you know, I can tell you a lot of hunting stories where I've used it. Um, but man, I've got some pretty cool stuff that I've done at work with it. So that's um, awesome. I know you guys just rolled out the, uh, linking it to your camp, the trail cams. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I, if there's somebody out there that is listening, that doesn't know what Onyx is, um, he, I'm, you should probably lift up the rock 
<laughs> that you might be living under, but man, it is it's just such a powerful tool. So what it is is we'll just just I always like to make sure because we take it for granted because we use it all the time and it's like like you said it's ingrained into your daily routine. But um, if you don't know what it is, it's a it's an application on your phone, um, GPS based mapping app. So essentially, uh, it would be like a Google Maps, but with a lot more features dedicated towards hunters. Um, that you that kind of at the crux of it is is private land and public land overlays. So um, you can see who owns dang near everything. Um, if you're a public land hunter, you can see you're on public land or that you were on private land. And like you were getting into, Heath, there is a slew of other layers and tools that you can use to help you be uh, more successful, whether you're out hunting or uh, a lot of other things like I'm sure, Heath, that you use um, to make your job every day easier. Yeah. Um, so. so while we're talking about um, land overlays, and, and and I know that you and I had talked about this before, but just for our listeners, so it is very common when I'm using this app in cert, certain um, locations, different counties, that when I click on, you know, a parcel and it gives me so-and-so owned this land, and I know that that land was sold because that's my home area, and it still shows the original owner. What mm-hmm. What is, and explain to the listeners why the updates sometimes take longer than normal. Yeah, 100%. So um, we are on what what's called continuous delivery for a lot of the counties. So uh, what I tell people is the information we get is only as good as the county provides. So um, a lot of the times one county, they might update every other week and some counties might not update their information online for for years so there's a huge discrepancy in in land ownership data for a lot of these places where uh, you know there's some counties in you know rural parts of the country that it's just not a priority for them right so um that's where you see a lot of this outdated but a lot of the stuff uh most of the country is updated about twice a year. Um, you know, there's places like in Montana that are that are monthly. Um, it just really depends where you're at. The journey on Houndsman XP has teamed up with one TDC. This dual action support for oral health and mobility in our dogs. This unique supplement is so effective that it is recommended by top veterinarian experts worldwide to maintain and improve our dog's health in four different areas. Their oral health, hips, joints, and muscles, skin, coat, energy, and recovery. Guys, I've been using this product for the last six months, and it has been a game changer for me. If you're looking for something to help with the overall health of your dog, go to worksowell.com and give this product a try. It is highly recommended by Houndsman XP here on the journey. Yeah. And that's, like I said, I've run into that. And then when I asked you the last time, it was like, oh yeah. So the light bulb kind of went off like, well, this, this, mm-hmm. this, this county here is probably not doing it once a year, if that. So that makes complete yeah. sense. And that kind of gives the listeners an understanding when you click on that land and you can't get a hold of that landowner for whatever reason, um, that may be the issue that it's not been updated because the county hasn't taken the time to to do that. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Um, so, yeah, w- w- you've explained to us what Onyx is, um, and it's funny. I was teaching a class up in Northern Virginia. I, I teach a tactical tracking class, and I was teaching a class up in Northern Virginia la- last week, and. We went into this big farm that we were allowed to go in and do the tracks on. So I break out my phone and I'm like, okay, we'll go here and go there. And the, the, the guy that literally his family owned that farm, he goes, how do you know where this stuff's at? And I'm like, <laughs> well, I use Onyx. And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, we use Onyx for everything. Like I can tell you everything. And then as the, we, we were in there two different, two days and I was even, we, I want to talk about the feature with the, um, the, the range finder, because again, we talked about that before. A yeah. lot of people didn't know that. And we had the, the canine team had tracked up into this draw and there was a pond that set up in the end of this draw. So I clicked at my range finder and I'm like, okay, 380 yards to push past this pond. 
And they're all looking at me like, how do you know this? And I'm like, on X. So I guarantee you that when I left there last week, you had some new subscribers because they were amazed how much we used it. Like they were amazed that like I could, I knew, and I'm like, guys, we use it for everything. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. But yeah, that, that, so we've always had what is called compass mode. We're essentially uh, in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. There is a crosshairs. If you tap on that once, it'll take you to your current location. Then if you tap on it again, you will get this blue angle out in front of you. So as you hold your phone in front of your face, playing uh, parallel to the ground, mm-hmm. whatever way you're facing with the phone, the map is orienting itself like I would call it in a course up uh, orientation. So like if you're like saying, hey, I got to get back to the truck. Uh, okay, the truck is this way, right? And so I use it all the time when I'm in the gross woods or in the forest especially. And, and I've been either following a dog. It's like, okay, I get, where is the truck from here? And I can easily go and, and point that and figure out where something is. Um, and then the cool thing like you were talking about, Heath, is we recently added, added the range finder feature, which uh, essentially sends a, a line out from your location uh, along that same that same blue radius um, that will give you hash marks, right? Mm-hmm. Now you can see, like you said, okay, how far is this? How far is this objective from me? And as you zoom out, the range changes. So it's like, man, if you got a long way, it's like, okay, this is three miles from here. Or, man, this uh, this tree line here is two hundred yards from my location. So. Um, so many different uses, and it's fun to talk to, you know, people like you who are using it for work, something a way different application than I would use it for as a bird hunter, um, and just see how people uh, adapt those tools to fit their needs and how well they 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 serve them. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I use it um, at work a lot. One of the main things that um, I use it for is for property owners um, okay. yep. and I, I kind of explained to you like we have certain tools that we can find who who people find out who people are pretty quick right um but i've got to know who i'm looking for and then right. i can then i can tlo them or whatever and find what out would, what would Heath before like before you've incorporated onyx in your workflow like you get a you, you get a call at some random spot or you see something like how did you do it before? Did you have to call in and say, here's the address and they could pull it like the dispatcher could pull it up or how did that work? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it was, you know, try. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we just didn't find out what we needed to know. Hmm. Um, yeah. The, the property owner, we would put in the address, the address would come back and um, it just took a longer process. Onyx has sure. really shortcut that for me, and that's why I use it so much. Um, I had a uh, I had a a call a while back where um, work uh, an employer had come to check on his employee and couldn't make contact with her. Um, so I showed up. We started beating on the windows and stuff. Mm-hmm. We could hear her inside. Um, mumbling, she could, she could contact us. So I really didn't want to kick the door in property owners do not like that. So (laughs) anyway, I mean, I literally go back to my car, hit my phone on X. Okay. This is who it belongs to. I heart dispatch and say, you know, can you TLO this person? Well, they TLO them, which means they can look them up, got a phone number, call them and dispatch says, Hey, that's the, that's the property owner. He leases it to a rental company. You need to contact so-and-so for the key. This process took less than seven, eight minutes. And the property, the the rental company brought a key out. We made entry, did not tear up his property, which he he was happy about. The rental company's happy about it too because they don't have to pay their maintenance guys to come in and fix it. Right. Um, And everything worked out. But the whole process took less than 15 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Um, Another, another... Uh, my kind of something, and I explained this to the guys last week um, because they have some resources and assets that we don't have down here in su- Southern Virginia. Um, they've got helicopters, like at the click of a finger, man. Boom, here they go. 
we had um, Homeland Security and, and Border Patrol come up with their helicopter and um, done some track. They done some tracking with us and helped us with what they needed from us and vice versa. But long story short, um, back May of three years, four years ago, we had a call out. Um, sus- subject had had abducted his own child. He had there was a straining order, which means he can't see the, the kid. He had went and taken the kid. Dropped it off at his parents' house, and then he took off. They got in a pursuit. He bails out and takes off in into this um, farmland. And long story short, we uh, we track him like a mile and a half, and we ended up um, finding him in a, a edge of a timber cut, and he had self-inflicted stab wounds. Okay. So we're a mile and a half from where anywhere we're close to anything. Jeez. So anyway, we, we start rendering while the, the team is rendering first aid to him. I pull up on X, I get on there, I get my GPS coordinates. I holler back at the command post and said, Hey, uh, when med flight comes, this is where we're at. Med flight literally landed the bird within a hundred yards or where we were standing. And that was all done through G through the, through on X. Wow. So yeah, that's yeah. Just stuff that I would never, never think about. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we use it in hunting. I mean, like I said, I, I, I do use it in hunting a lot. Um, I've marked paths and trails, and I've mapped out how far I've walked. Um, yeah. I mean, I use it all the time. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm using it for a lot more applications than just hunting. Yeah, that, yeah. It just, again, just love to hear all those different use cases just because it's so outside of my normal realm of how I use it. Yep. And when we talked to um, the guys running the helicopter last week, um, you know, we, we, it's such a different view, you know, they're, they're a thousand foot up in the air and they can see miles and we're down on the ground and can't see a hundred foot in front of us. And, you know, we talked about the GPS coordinates and how we could get it to them. And um, they were kind of like, yeah, why have we not been doing this? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know, but here you go. So, like I said, after after last week, y'all should have had some several more subscriptions because that's all, fantastic. All the guys up there were like, "Yeah, we've got to get that. We've got to get that." So, <laughs> and they're not hunters either. Like, so most of them are not hunters. So it didn't yeah. like you know it didn't register to them. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't be on their radar. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about uh, how do we link? Because this is new for me too. How do we link up our on X to our trail cameras and the way that I understood it from reading it, it will, it will literally pop up the picture in that little space where the picture was taken. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So um, this has just been launched and it's in, it's early in the process. Um, as we keep iterating on it and, and, and building this out, it's going to get, way 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 cooler there's going to be a lot of other things um you'll be able to do but um right now we have uh, three trail camera um providers essentially that we work and this is specifically for cell cameras um we work with uh covert bushnell and exodus and each workflow is a little different with depending on on which camera you're going to use but um, essentially you, you are, yeah, you're able to link it up, uh, with that cell camera. So now I can one-stop shop. Uh, I can, if, if the camera has GPS, it will automatically place it on its location and you're able to just view your, your photos inside the app. And as we continue to build this out, um, there'll be a lot more analytics involved. So, um, being that it, we are, you know, we, we kind of, uh, hang our hat on, on mapping and, and kind of a spatial environment, um, we'll probably, we'll be able to kind of help you understand specifically for deer movement based on your camera, knowing, you know, we, we've got a lot of inputs, whether it's, um, you, you touched on it before, but we've got our, our tree layers, our crop layers, we've got weather. So instead of going to four or five different places to, to get this information, we have it all in our app. So, um, we're working on some pretty cool insights you'll be able to glean from your trail camera locations, pictures, et cetera. Um, that should hopefully 
increase your success. Um, you know, we're all busy. In so increase your success uh, on a, you know, your, your limited days that you have to be able to get out and hunt. Yeah. And, you know, moving into the, to the cover, you know, I, I have um, added a layer of the acorn producing oaks um, mm -hmm. to mine because white oaks and red oaks are huge. I prefer white oaks. That's where the, the game is going to migrate first. Um, so I really use that overlay and come to find out, um, I took, uh, I took a, a hike last of bear season, um, a pretty good hike, uh, around, around the mountain. And I actually marked where I was finding food. And then I went back and added a layer and it's very, it's pretty accurate. I mean, it's not like, it's not way off. Yeah, it's it's surprisingly accurate, and that's it's all done through through lidar technology. So, like, I, and I am no, I am not an expert in this field by any means, but uh, essentially, it's it's I think it's reflectivity of uh, like the different canopies, and in each species, will have a, a different reflectivity rate, and then it's sampled on a thirty by thirty meter area. So. Um, so you could turn on your your deciduous tree mm -hmm. layer and it it'll we've got i think one two like probably seven different tree species yeah um whether it's oak hickory cypress uh maple elm aspen whatever and so it'll it'll show on the map yeah this is based on these reflectivity rates this is most likely going to be um x tree species and so we've got uh, that for deciduous, we've got that for coniferous. Uh, you can turn on, we've got, it's deciduous versus coniferous, so they will show mm -hmm. up different colors. And that, I mean, just very handy for quickly analyzing a property and saying, okay, um, you know, based on your inherent knowledge of, of whether it's deer hunting or turkey hunting or whatever, um, those edges are really important. You'll be able to quickly kind of deduce by looking at a map where likely spots are without having to step foot out there you can do it from the comfort of your own home so yeah i um yeah it's red green and orange is kind of the colors that come up on mine. red and green are, are, are the ones that are my main colors sure for mine um you know yes the, and another thing and i really wished i could get this into my um my garmin without buy, since I buy the app, I wished I could put it into my, my handheld without having to buy a card. Um, because the trails, the trails, the trail mapping system, anywhere that I have been, and that means from Yellowstone, um, to the Tetons, down East, North Carolina, West yeah. Virginia, Tennessee, those trail systems are very accurate. And that's one thing we don't get in our our hunting stuff um, is we don't we don't get the accuracy of the trails with the other mapping maps. Sure. So. Um, yeah. And years ago we did have a, a map trip. We it's just it's been discontinued mm -hmm. for Garmin now with the uh, with their latest I models. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're no longer able to use the chip. You were able to use it in the one hundred, but yeah, now it's it's you kind of lose that component, especially if you're using a, you know, an Astro or an alpha system. Mm -hmm. And I seen a, um, an ad for, uh, a car map, like for people to bring yeah. in a car. So talk to us about that. Yeah. So if, if, if you've got a, a vehicle that's got in dash capabilities, so essentially you can mm -hmm. use, uh, it's, it's Apple CarPlay or Android auto. Mm -hmm. Um, Android auto isn't quite done yet. That's been a, that's been a, a process just in terms of how Android approves or, or Google Play Store approves uh, our, our mapping system for, for in-dash. But um, right now, if you've got an Apple device and you've got a screen on your truck that you can plug it into, you can see uh, the same map that you would see on your phone or on your computer with land ownership. You can see your waypoints, um, all of that now on a larger screen. So instead of using your knee to be driving around and, and looking at your phone and, and, you know, just pretty much hopping from rumble strip to rumble strip. Now you can just look at it in your dash and, and easily see all the same information just on a larger form factor. So 
um, makes it easy as you're driving down the road to see, uh, oh, who owns this? Or, oh, I didn't know this place was public. So um, I've found a number of spots just by honestly having that up mm -hmm. and and driving past it. So, Well, so that brings me to a question, and hopefully I'm not throwing you out to the wolves. But no. So on our, on our Garmin, on our 200i or your 300 Mm -hmm. You know, they have the Garmin Explorer. So I have my iPad mounted in my truck. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. seen it hooked up like that. Um, I have the iPad mounted to my truck, and I have Garmin Explorer downloaded, and then I can go in and download maps, um, mm -hmm. whether it be a, a topo or a, a satellite imagery or whatever. Um, is, there, would there, is there a way to put the OnX map up that that would hit? on my ipad yeah yep so it's the same app you can you can go and you can download the the hunt app on your ipad as well and i don't know if you have your if it's it's if it's a cell enabled ipad or if it's just um so it bluetooths it bluetooths to my handheld gotcha but it comes so, up in garmin explorer that's what i'm asking like would it come up on on x if what would what come up on Onyx your location or the or, the location of my dogs? No, so no, that won't because we have no way of of that the, the Garmin collar being mm -hmm. able to to work with Onyx. You you wouldn't be able to see it on Onyx. Mm -hmm. uh, I wish I wish that was so. You should talk to your friends over at Garmin because I would love to see it um, because it would be. That would solve a big problem for a lot of people. Yes, yes. Um, so I might have to pitch it. Garmin's listening. Guys. Hey, like, <laughs> would love to talk about it because I think it'd be a win-win for for a lot of people. Yeah, and I mean it. It would it would not only help me hunting, but work a lot. Like I said, we anytime we're out on a track, and we get called out a lot for tracks. I mean, one of the one of the guys on our team, or they're they're looking at they're looking at on X to figure out where we need to set perimeters up, you know, what lo is there any um, tra route to travel that would be best suited for somebody running? Like we're, we're using that stuff all the time. So that would, that would help in the work side of it too. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've, I've done it before. So I had a, we were at a field trial and one of the handlers, she lost her, she, she had her dog had essentially ran away. She called for the tracker. Um, and was following this dog who had, had got on the other side of a swamp and just the big running dog. And essentially she finally got to her dog and was grab, you know, grabbed it by the collar, leashed it up and she had left her handheld there mm. and got back to the truck is like, Oh shoot. I just lost a thousand dollar track, you know, yeah. GPS tracker. So uh, what we were able to do is we were going, I, I think, I don't know if it's a Garmin Explorer app or whatever, but essentially we were able to, to hook up the, the collar, which, which retains all of that, that location data. That's right. And, and then I was able to export it as like a folder of GPX. Yep. GPX. Uh, that's right. And because like I had, I was on my computer doing this. I didn't, I wasn't able to do this on my phone. So I exported it and then I, you're able to import that into Onyx. Nice. So then she was able to go out the next day. And, and essentially what it looks like is it looks like you can see where the dog covered, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's a manual process. It's not like automatically doing, which I would love to see that happen. But I was able to see the track of the entire dog. And then, um, you know, these are pointing dogs. So every time it the dog stops uh, it for more than whatever, two and a half seconds or five seconds or whatever it is, it dropped a waypoint uh, mm. on the map. So we were able to go in there and say, okay, uh, this is where we started. All right, here is about, it looks like right here is where we stopped. And then you got the dog and went back over the swamp and went to your truck. So she was actually able to go and find that last location that she stopped, took, you know, set the collar, set the handheld down, leashed up the dog. She was able to go back in there and and find that remote so that was a that was a kind of a funny a fun use case yeah so how did you can i ask how did you over I know, and i know how you're pulling the data from the collar yeah how did you overlay that to your on x 
Oh, so it it's a bit of a process. I so it's the is it oh it's the Garmin is it Basecamp is that what? Yep. Mm-hmm. So I okay I, I, I already had, I know what you're going to say now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I went into Basecamp, got that, and then you can export that file set mm-hmm. into GPX, and then in Onyx you can import that. So I exported mm-hmm. it on my computer, imported it because I don't know I don't know if Basecamp syncs, but anyways like using onyx in the field is is much easier so then i was able to import it into onyx so then she had it then she wasn't you know walking around with a computer out there she actually had her location dot she could go to those different those different waypoints and see it on the map so so once you imported it on your computer and got your stuff on onyx did you just give her the waypoints to log into her phone so she could just track her phone back well, so then what I did is then I, um, you know, we have got the, the folder system. So what I was able to do is um, I went in and clicked on my content and created there. I selected all you can. There's a button that can select all content on screen because, I mean, th- at this point, this dog had probably stopped 20 different times along not only the trial, mm-hmm. but also the also, like just when it was running around crazy, so um, I selected all that content, added to a folder, and then all I did was hit. I was able to share that folder directly with her. She was able to click on that link, and then all of that populated on her Onyx account. So yeah, I'm, I'm I just pulled it up, and it, that's what it says: add folder, import, and then select. And then I think if you can, you hit select, then it gives you the option to um, select all on screen. So essentially, mm-hmm. I had um you know that that area on my screen so i didn't have to go and individually click each waypoint i could just it would highlight them all import them so it was it, it took us like the whole process took us maybe 10 15 minutes so not terrible to save you a thousand dollars no no and i'm yeah. like i've got 72 waypoints i'm not really sure golly geez um how many waypoints are we allowed a thousand um, well, I have, uh, 5,611 right now. Ooh, wow. Well, I'm so, in good shape. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're all right still. Yeah. 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 Well, that's pretty cool to, to know that. Um, now that you're telling me that I, I, I figure I can, I could figure that out pretty easily, but yeah. you've got to have a laptop to be able to import all that. Yes, exactly. So again, would love to just see it automatically do that <laughs> i will definitely try to put some fillers out i, I may um like i said yeah. I, the the mapping the mapping stuff that comes with garmin is not it's whole, like the handhelds the 200i or the 200 the map that comes it has nothing it has no roads no creeks no yeah. trail no it has nothing you have to add a card and in the 300, I don't have it yet, but they said the mapping was a little better, but it's still probably not not good. Well, you know, regardless of you know, the quality of it, like how many times a day, you ever? it's scary to look at like your phone usage, like when Apple pops up and says like, here's your summary for the week. It's like, oh my God, I'm addicted to this thing. So like what I tell people is like, yeah, the handheld is great. I use it as a redundancy, but I use this phone in my hand I mean, a scary amount, three hours, four hours a day. So it's like, I am so used to this. So to be able to go in and navigate on this is way easier than navigating on, on a, a GPS handheld unit. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is the way of the world. This is where it's going. This is where it is. So um, I just like to, I know this inside and out. So it's easier for me than to look on a map on a handheld, yeah. but you're missing that 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 important data of knowing where your dog is. Yeah, for sure. Map. <clears throat> well, Ben, is there any any cool things coming up? Anything that you want to? Like I said, there's so yeah. many features, so many tools. I mean, I use it for. I mean, if you know, I like to musky fish. Um, if I raise a fish, I'll mark that location so I can come back and fish that area. Especially if I'm fishing somewhere I'm not familiar. Mm-hmm. Like I. I mean, I, I use it for work. I use it for hunting. I use it for fishing. I use it for hiking. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I've really enjoyed the 3D part on the hikes because I can get more of a, 
a visual of what I'm getting myself into. Yeah. And, and with that too, there's also another feature that's uh, available on web maps. So if you're using a computer, um, it's called terrain X mm -hmm. and that is a great, especially for, you know, for me here in the Midwest, like less applicable because we don't have much for train. So it's hard, but this train X is if you're, uh, if you're going to plan a hunt or plan, plan a, a hike, you can see a lot of different cool things. So it'll give you slope angle. So you say, hey, I want to stay, I want to highlight areas with this slope angle. You're able to go and, and, and move the sliders and say, okay, here's everything from, from 10 to 40%. And then you can say, all right, I want to highlight everything within this elevation and it'll highlight that as well as we've got something called view shed so um, say you're out glassing in the mountains and you want to see like hey this looks like a good glassing knob i can take essentially a little waypoint and click on the map and it will show me everything i'm able to see from that location nice so like if you're trying to find the perfect spot to glass you can go move this thing and i'm doing it right now and i can see uh, essentially everything that's illuminated in there is what I would be able to see from that location. So um, great for, for, for planning your, your hunt. Um, the other thing in the app too for hiking or, or trying to get to an area is um, you can use, it's a, it's a layer in there that's going to give you slope angle. So it's, it's a pretty much a color coded map of the different slopes and so it's like, okay, I got to get from point A to point B. Well, yeah, the fast, they're like, as a crow flies, the fastest road is this way, but you're looking at like a 60% grade, right? Like mm -hmm. that's not, you're not going to have fun going up that, but, oh, here's a little cut right here that I can go and it might be a little bit longer distance wise, but it's actually going to be feasible without using ropes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, so I'm that, the West guys probably love that. Yeah. Um, you know, a number of other things, some some really cool things that I've I've used a lot this year is um, our recent imagery. So, uh, what that is is essentially um, it's going to be a it's going to be lower resolution. So you're not going to get quite as high resolution as you do with our our maps now, our satellite mapping. But um, now you're going to be able to see a picture of the landscape uh, less than two weeks old. So think about if, if crop fields are harvested, um, if there's the, the snow line, uh, water levels, like, hey, is this slew dried up or does this still have water in it? I've used it. I just use it a lot in South Dakota. Actually, I was out there pheasant hunting and I was going in and looking at different areas to see like what the, the crop harvest look like at uh, surrounding pieces that are surrounding public land. So it's like, okay, this crop field's out. I should maybe go hunt this one. So there's there's a ton of uses for that recent imagery feature. How do I get to that? I don't know that I've seen it. Yeah. So if if essentially if in the bottom right corner of your app, yep, uh, you will see your uh, your your base map selection. Let's just say either satellite, hybrid, or topo or topo. Yep. Uh, if you click that, you'll see uh, your your three different options, your 3D as well as uh, down at the bottom. It's recent, a recent imagery. imagery. I see it. Yeah. Yep. And so that that's a, a cool feature. And then to go with that as well, we have uh, we're, we're working on what we call leaf off imagery. So that is going to you're, you'll be able to see the forest without the trees. Right. You'll be able to see everything without leaves. So it'll give you a lot of people like that for a more accurate description of what you're seeing, especially this time of year. So um, that's that's all high resolution. We have it in 11 states right now and we continue to add more. So. Uh, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Arkansas, Virginia, Vermont, New Jersey, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Ohio, New York, Tennessee, Wisconsin, Kansas, and we'll have Mississippi, Missouri, Kentucky, and West Virginia coming soon. Um, so that's another, just another look to just give you a better perspective of what, what you're seeing on the landscape. And it even gives you the the dates too, like what yeah. you said, the fifteenth through the 29th, What it pulled up when I hit that? Yeah, for for recent imagery, yeah. yeah. So like in my area, I'm looking sixteenth through thirtieth. So nice. Yeah, it's uh, 
it's a, it's a, just a wildly handy tool. And, you know, I'd be interested for a guy, a guy like you, Heath, like I use it one way and I'd be curious because you are such an avid user and you use it for different things. Like I'd love to have this conversation in a couple months and say, Oh, I use it for X, Y, and Z all the time. It's like, Oh, I've never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, anything that our listeners, you know, our Onyx guys, um, you know, I definitely want to put this out there. If if you're a listener and you don't have Onyx, um, go Onyx and and get under HXP twenty. Um, yep. That's that's our discount code. We want we want you guys to have that and use it. Um, I've been blessed because I got upgraded to the I think it's the um, the elite the elite. Yeah, I, I've got the elite. So uh, I'm tickled to death with that so i'm happy but yeah you guys if you're listening you know go to go to onyx and when you when you do your subscription put hxp20 on there and um that lets you know that you're a that you're a hsp listener and, and helps everybody yes. out help, help support the podcast and and the thing is uh you know what i tell people is so uh, a premium membership is is thirty dollars we've got two state now which i think is like mm-hmm. 49 or something like that and then elite which is a hundred dollars but uh, you can save 20% off. So really $80. Um, and the thing is about it is this will say, I promise you, this will save you a tank of gas if you hunt at all, because how many times that I've, I've went in and looked and like we were talking about, um, I think, I think we had talked about this before, but we've got a layer, for example, that's called um, historic and active wildfire mm-hmm. layers. Yep. So I was down in Kansas quail hunting and I had marked a bunch of just great looking spots that I was like, okay, I've got to go check these out. And I, I neglected to turn on that historic wildfire layer. And when I got to the spot, it was burnt to a crisp. They had a absolutely massive grass fire that extended. I, I'd be curious now to turn it on and, and see what it, how big it was, but essentially all of these spots over like a 30, 40 mile radius uh, had had been burnt. And so I, I drove around and all of this work driving around uh, was all for naught because it was all the cover was all burnt. So um, instances like that where you don't have to go out and actually physically ground truth it and drive around. So um, it, it'll cover a tank of gas in a in a year, I promise you. Yeah, I there's no doubt like i said it's saved it saved us a lot of a lot of driving and footwork actually like i said yeah. i you know i get to hunt a lot of different places and it just it saves so much time so mm-hmm. yeah and and you get a free seven day trial so you can mm-hmm. you can see what it's all about and there's also a monthly product so if you say hey i'm only going to use this during the fall um i think elite is like 13.99 a month so if you're only going to use it for a couple months uh, throughout the year, you can buy it monthly and then cancel, um, so you're not you're not charged for the whole year. So a lot of different options to be able to get in the product. And and what I, what I'll tell you is when you get in and use it, um, I use it year round. I use it when I'm walking my daughter in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and I I see somebody walking at me. It's like, oh, I know where you live. I we've met each other, but I can't remember your name. I'll get on my phone really quick and be like, <laughs> oh, okay, that's Aaron. Okay, got it. Hey, Aaron, how's it going? So. <laughs> The, the the use cases for it are endless. That's right. Well, what happened to you, Ben? You good? Yep, I'm good now. I don't know if I hit a button or if I was my flailing was. <laughs> you got excited. Yeah, got excited. All right, Ben, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. Like I said, I know, I know I've bugged you to death. And like oh. I said, I'm, I've been using this thing since 2013. I, I preach it to everybody. Um, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of the Onyx team. And you guys keep doing what you're doing and, and helping us teach, train, and learn about Onyx. Yeah, well, again, I, and I'm honored. I appreciate you having me on and, and hopefully some people have learned something. I learn something new almost every day about Onyx. And, and you know, I appreciate your support and um, your audience support. So I hope everyone has a safe and, and 
successful rest of your fall and winter. Yeah, our deer season, our deer season's getting ready to kick off, so this is perfect timing. Very nice. Well, good luck to all the, the deer hunters in the woods. All right. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Ethan. I've been a member and supporter of Go Wild for over a year now. Man, how time flies. Their social media platform is for hunters by hunters. And if you followed me for any length of time, you know that I'm in the woods or on the water if I'm not working. And yes, some ask, do you work? Unfortunately, I do. It's a place that I post all of my trophies, no matter how big or small. Mine, mostly small. I get tips, tricks, tactics, and advice from people who eat, breathe, and sleep the outdoors. I log all of my outdoor adventures, including the time spent listening to the best podcast in the land, The Journey, hosted by no other than yours truly. So when I need anything outdoors, I just log on to the Go Wild store, pick out what I need, and that's anything from hunting, fishing, camping, optics, outdoor wear, and yes, hound supplies. I'm proud to partner up with the Go Wild team. So let's get your journey started today here on Go Wild. <laughs>